100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, Jordan. Well, <laughs> I spent so much time telling you I didn't think it was possible. Well, that's why you always say never. I did say that, right? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. There he is, Shot Gene, a digital underground. And yes, for many, many years and Wednesdays, I would say head coach Sean Pate. What a day yesterday. Probably surprising many, many Saints fans as you heard a lot of the rumor and a lot of the talk for sure coming um, out of a lot of national media members and different reports starting last week, over the weekend, you name it. Yesterday became official, and then actually had a press conference at 3 o'clock. Bottom line, head coach Sean Payton had this to say. You know, I now we're 16 years, and so I, I think that that was challenging just because of our friendship more than our professional relationship. And then Mrs. B was awesome, you know. I love this about her. She said, well, go away for two or three months and come back in training camp and we'll be ready to go. And I thought that sounded pretty good, actually. <laughs> I'm glad that she she told me to spend some time away and give this some thought um, because it is a, a big decision and it, and it certainly affects a lot of people. Um, you know, it's not often you as a coach have that opportunity to possibly leave. And it was something that certainly I hadn't really thought about over the years you know, we coach, we coach, we coach, and at some point they tell you to leave. And and as difficult as being fired is, it sure seems easier to thank everyone and move on your merry way. Hard to believe, 15 seasons, 161 wins. Yes, the Super Bowl. Head coach Sean Payton stepping back. He said he didn't want to use the word retirement, and we'll go through everything he said. He talked at length yesterday, but... Obviously, your reactions and reactions of players that played for him is where I want to start today. So welcome to the show, everybody. It's Gus Kattenkill with you. I'm over in Orlando. We landed, saw the news, and it was like, wow. Um, it was a bit shocking to me. We bring in Scott Shanley, who was obviously part of the build of the Sean Payton era and, of course, a Super Bowl winner with Coach. Scott, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing good. Was it shocking to you? Oh Yeah, for sure. I think... My first emotion was shocked. I mean, we all knew someday this was going to happen, and I think the longer he coached, the longer I just expected him to be the coach there for you know as long as we knew the New Orleans Saints. And um, so I think I was shocked based on the the job he did this year with all they went through with the back ring for the Hurricane, fifty eight different starters, four different quarterbacks. Like he did such an amazing job, and people were talking about he should be coach of the year. And I think that's why I was shocked. And, and then my emotions went from that to saddened, like just saddened that we won't get to see right. him with his visor on the sideline with that with that big play sheet. And he is the face of the New Orleans Saints. And you know, you, there's a lot of different emotions that go along with with him leaving. 
Scott, obviously being a member of the team and winning the Super Bowl here and seeing what was what that was like. I mean, obviously most of afternoon yesterday at night, not just myself as a local, but but everybody just kind of talking about some of the greatest moments in that parade. Scott, you remember that parade? I mean, that's the most people I've ever seen in the streets in that block area in a downtown area. I mean, there's an, almost an identity feeling um, lack of thereof this morning. Like you wake up and you're like, okay, who, who who's the face of the city right now? It's it, it's it is. It's kind of hard to to kind of wrap your head around it, Scott. I mean, you you've gotten that look behind it. Yeah, and you know, um, the 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 image the the Saints logo will live on forever. But Sean Payton's face and Drew Brees and those two together were right there next to the logo. And when people thought about Saints football, that's what they thought about. And now to not have him part of that is it's just going to be odd. He he's done so much for me as a person making a trade for me to bring me into the saints organization. My life would be way different had he not believed in me and a lot of people's lives, tons of people's lives would be a lot different had he not become the head coach in New Orleans saints. And uh, we we were talking about this earlier about his hall of fame credentials. And to me, it's just, it's it's a slam dunk. There's, there's no question, especially for what he did. You can compare his wins to other guys in the hall of fame and he's right there with them. You can debate the number of championships. He brought a championship to a city that never thought they would see a championship. And then if you don't like those credentials, look at what he meant to the game as an offensive play caller. He's mentioned right there. Him, Drew Brees, and Sean Payton as a duo are mentioned right there with Bill Walsh and Joe Montana as an offensive play caller and mastermind. So I think his Hall of Fame career ended earlier than I thought it was going to for the Saints, but there's no question in my mind he, he put his stamp on the game. Uh, the Pro Football Fame uh, Twitter account um, posted yesterday with the news of Sean Payton's retirement today. He would first be eligible for the first uh, for the F- Hall of Fame in 2027. The last time I saw something like that was obviously when Drew retired last year. So obviously they, they're just basically if they're tweeting that, I think uh, yeah it, it, we, we're gonna I guess prepare for a trip up there to Canton. Scott, one of the things I wanted to touch on with you though, seeing your timeline and other players' timelines too. That 06 season, so many people really talked about that, and he touched at length on it a lot, and you kind of just mentioned it, the logo, and, and you posted a video of him, and there's video of him talking about that logo and what you know the story was with the Steelers. Kind of passed that along with our listeners and the importance of him saying, hey, you can make this logo sort of like the way people look at the Steelers logo. Yeah, I, I, get a, I was asked a question about Coach Payton, and I was talking about how you know, he's, he's the best motivator I've ever been around, and he just knows what to say and when to say. And it was, it was, and then the next question was, well, what were some of his favorite sayings? And I sat there and I thought, you know what? That's the cool thing about Coach Payton is he didn't have sayings. He didn't have things that he just said over and over and sitting in that room for seven years where I'm like, I had no what he's going to say. It was always new stuff. It was always, I know the pulse of my team. I know what they need. I know what they need to envision. And one day he comes into the meeting room and up on the PowerPoint is a, is a Pittsburgh Steelers logo. And he asked the question, how many of you guys, think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a functional organization, a good organization, and, you know, championship organization. A lot of hands go up. And he goes, what if I told you guys that before 1972, they, they weren't. They were a bad organization, average at best. And then he put the numbers up. And so we're sitting there looking at it, and he goes, this is what we have an opportunity to do here. This was about 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. He's like, when you guys go to these games and people are waving the terrible towels and they're the black and gold, and you guys all think the Steelers have been great forever. We have a chance that 20, 30 years from now, when, we, when people see the Saints logo, when they see black and gold, they, they 
equate that with championships. They equate that with uh, a status in the NFL. And we, we're not there, but we can get there. And just little things like that that put it in your mind that you can, you can leave a legacy in this game beyond what you do on the field stat-wise. You can leave a legacy for years that people always envision your program and your organization in a whole new light. Speaking with Scott Shanley, of course, a member of the 2009 Saints Super Bowl winning team. Scott, was that one of the things, that, I guess, when that speech in Canton or when we, for the next several days, you know, continue to speak about him? Is that what I'm going to hear with a lot of the different stories? Scott Lance, a couple other players coming on. It, it's that ability to connect and communicate with players because, Scott, we, we've all – people have been in any level of sports, park ball, high school, college pro – you hear a lot of sayings. You, you can, you know, you can tell when a coach is full of it. <laughs> you can tell when they're not. What, what made him, I guess, genuine to get guys to believe that they can be better than perhaps they have been, or take their play to another level? But more importantly, I think believe in them, right? Tom, yeah, you, Moe, yeah, you players heard, like that. Yeah, you heard him mention it yesterday, where someone said, um, "Will you come back to coaching?" He didn't know because I think he would be great in TV. I think that's ultimately where he goes, but. I think there's going to be a part of him that misses the personal relationships, the players, the locker room. He talked about loving the locker room as a guy who couldn't play, but he loved being involved as a coach. And he, he is one of the most detailed people I've ever been around. I didn't get the aspect of the offensive side, like the offensive guys did, but just his ability to, to know how to coach each individual player differently based on their personalities. He knew what player he had to chew out and get on to get them to play. Well, he knew what player, that that would not be good, that they would go in the tank and not respond to that type of coaching. He knew, he just had a pulse of the team and, and each individual player for what they needed to bring their greatness out. And, you know, I, there were countless times where we're sitting in the linebacker and watching film and he pops his head, just the door opens slightly and he pops his head and he's like, oh, we're playing the Rams this week. Nobody's going to get the Steven Jackson flu this week, are they? Everybody's going to play, right? And it's just like, okay, we got you, coach. Nobody's scared of Steven Jackson in here. And he would just do that. He'd pop his head in, leave, and it was just a little things like that that motivated you to show him that, that you were going to be good that week or you were going to play great that week. And he uh, he's the, the greatest motivator been around just because of that. It was always different. It was always fresh. It was always new. And I think at the end of the day, he did those things because he wanted to win, yes. But he cared about his players. He, he, he You were more than just a jersey number to Sean Payton. He wanted you to be the best you could be, and he found a different variety of different ways to do it. Scott, you heard your name amongst the many names when he went through the, the roster and really the trades in 06 or, or the draft in 06 and stuff. Do you remember what that selling point was when, when he came over? Did you have that? Was it a conversation with him or what? I guess what sold you becoming a Saint? Well, I got Scott Fujita was a free agent. He signed in free agency. I got traded for right in that preseason. And we played in Shreveport in a preseason game. I believe it was a Monday night football game. And I was a cowboy and I hardly played in that game. And I remember thinking, man, am I going to get released? What, what's what's going on with my career? The next morning, Bill Parcells called me and said, hey, we traded you to the Saints. And I remember cutting Bill off, almost I maybe offended him, and just said, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I love playing for you, but I'm looking forward to the next chapter of my life. I, I was looking forward to becoming a New Orleans Saint, playing with, with guys I knew, Gary Gibbs, Sean Payton, putting his stamp on an organization mm-hmm. and being excited about that. And Sean ended up telling me a few years later, he's like, you know, before that game, we had that deal worked out. So I'm like, that's why I didn't play. So it all came to get like, I thought I wasn't playing. They were trying to screw up my career and they had already had a trade in place. Didn't want me to get hurt, this and that. But it's really cool how all those stories come together and you finally realize how the stars align. But I was, I was, 
I was so excited. Show up in Jackson, Mississippi to training camp. It was tough training camp. We started the season off hot in 2006. Nobody expected anything out of us. We go to Cleveland win. We go to Green Bay. Well, we went to Green Bay and beat Brett Favre. We thought we had a good team. And we were a bunch of guys. Coach Payton said it. We weren't the most talented team in 06, but he, he, told, he said we were the toughest team. We were that year as a badge of honor. And we all appreciate that he appreciates us from that year. Yeah, it, again, we could go on with so many different stories like that. And it's interesting because a lot of times we love the NFL films or the 30 for 30s and stuff. And, you know, going back to that story that you are talking about when he brought up the Steelers, it may not be to a ton of people nationally, but obviously here, I mean, the New Orleans Saints, this era, you're part of it, Scott. It it was obviously definitely a dot in, in NFL history, right? A team that went on to win the Super Bowl, Hall of Fame players, perhaps a Hall of Fame coach to be a part of it has to be kind of special. And that's why maybe there's mixed feelings, right? Yesterday. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the people's emotions went from shock to sad to maybe now today, a little bit scared. Like what does the future hold for those who grew up and watched the saints? Are we going to go back to those days? And, and I don't, I don't have that emotion. I think, I think if they make the right hire, I think making the right hire from within, keeping this coaching staff together, keeping this front office together, I think the, the fabric is intertwined so well and the culture has been built so well that I still think this is going to be a competitive team. I still think with the right quarterback, with, with the good drafts, that this team is still going to be mentioned in teams that are competing for championships. I believe we flipped it. I think the Saints going forward are a destination for free agents. I think people, when they see the Florida Lee and they see the black and gold, that they're like, man, that's a premier franchise. And it feels good knowing that. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. It, it's it's a team that people tune in to watch on primetime. I live in Dallas, and and I tell I've told Coach Payton this. I tell players all the time that I played with. We did what Coach Payton wanted us to do. I, I go anywhere in Dallas, Fort Worth. It's a sprawling metroplex. I see Saints uh, stickers on cars. I see kids going to my kids' schools with Saints uniform with Saints jerseys on, Saints hats. It is amazing how many Saints fans are spread throughout the country because of the success we were able to have with, with Coach Faden. Scott, uh, as we wrap up here, obviously you, you bring it up in the future, and it was interesting because when the season ended, you know, the two weeks post, we were like, hey, it's interesting. Saints fans are actually excited. They don't feel that they are that far away despite, you know, not having big question marks. Like, what do you do at left tackle to Ron Armstead? Who's your quarterback, Scott? These are, these are big questions. Now you add who's your head coach, but I'm kind of with you and me. I know you're going to go through, through the search and everything. It makes sense because this team's identity this year almost became one of the defense. What Dennis Allen's been able to do. You know, that one game at Tampa when he led, I mean, all they did was shut out Tom Brady and he was the head coach. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, and I think to, to, to calm Saints fans' fears, and, and I, I want them to jump on the, the bandwagon with me as far as keeping this coaching staff intact, promoting Dennis Allen, the head coach, because I'm going to tell you, remember this team went to Tampa Bay, beat Tom Brady, shut him out 9 nothing. I know Coach Payton went there. It was only one week. But this staff has been together through a lot. This staff has been together for a number of years. And and it's rare in the NFL to, to coach together that long. They love working together. They know what's expected of them. The blueprint has been set on the table. Sean Payton may be out of the building, but the blueprint is there. Right. And I think that's the best of success going forward is promoting from within. And to your point, Dennis Allen, since he came back in 2016 and took over for Rob Ryan, his defense has been the strength of the team. And, and I think he's earned the right to be the head coach of this team. 
Yeah, and, and I think uh, you, you mentioned it, and, and we wrap up with this, Scott. I, I think the relationship that players have had with their coaches and their staff, when you start looking at, you know, the names now, and you know how it works, Scott, when the game's coming up in prime time, they, they'll show, quote-unquote, the stars, the jersey sellers. Most of them are on the, de- on the defensive side, and maybe it is important to keep somebody that guys like Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and others um, kind of have a bond with, you know, the, the young cornerbacks that you have. And everything it just to me makes sort of sense to to just elevate them yeah and, and it's i think it's the right thing to do and i think it, it makes the most sense and you know i tell people there's culture in the building that the head coach brings but if you love the way our defense has played the last five years with dennis allen it, it's not by accident he's created that culture on defense and that's the same thing he can bring to the entire team and i would love for see to see him get that opportunity Scott, appreciate the time, sir, and I definitely want to get your perspective on things. As always, we appreciate it and your coverage. But we'll see CST now, your view, Saints coverage. That'll continue, and I, and I think it's going to be not bad years, if that makes any sense. I, I don't think they're that far off, man. Absolutely. Take care. Appreciate it. And for sure, give Scott a follow over on Twitter, at Scott Shanley. When we continue, we'll take your phone calls. I'll open them up, and we'll listen to a little bit more of what Sean had to say yesterday. He spoke for a long time, and I know... A lot of emotions to speak of. I'll give you the full guest list and stuff when we come back. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. We're going up around the bend. Bring a song and a smile. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. Physical therapy for health issues or falling an injury can be very beneficial and help restore your physical function. One form of physical therapy that makes exercise and treatment less painful and as a result more successful, leading to an improved quality of life, is aquatic therapy. Aquatic therapy takes place in the water under the supervision of a trained therapy expert and uses water resistance instead of weights. People of all ages, including those with special needs and physical limitations, can benefit from aquatic therapy. It can even be used if someone does not know how to swim. Thibodeau Regional is proud to offer cutting-edge aquatic therapy equipment. The HydroWorks Therapy Pool is designed to be very versatile so that a wide variety of patients with certain health conditions can be treated, such as paralysis, stroke rehabilitation, arthritis therapy and relief, post-surgical rehab, and so much more. What makes the HydroWorks Therapy Pool effective is its innovative use of technology to promote healing. One key element is the underwater treadmill. Using an underwater treadmill monitored by video cameras promotes proper gait and encourages correct biomechanics while walking or running underwater. Another key component is the movable floor. For patients with mobility issues, the HydroWorks Therapy Pool has a movable floor that makes it easy for children, older adults, or anyone with orthopedic conditions to get in and out of the pool without using steps or ladders. Aquatic therapy and athletics go hand in hand. Let me show you how our HydroWorks Therapy Pool can help keep athletes safely in the game. Pool workouts following an athletic injury have been clinically proven to be an important part of the recovery process. Completing HydroWorks Therapy workouts after an athletic injury can have the following benefits. Increase mobility and strength, maintain fitness levels, decrease swelling, improve the balance and stability, and pain relief. Buoyancy allows for more range of motion and can increase joint flexibility. The warm water also helps improve circulation, relax muscles, and improve healing. A 
if you have questions about aquatic therapy, please call the Outpatient Rehabilitation Center at 985-493-4782. Aquatic therapy and athletics go hand in hand. Pool workouts following an athletic injury have been clinically proven to be an important part of the recovery process. If you have questions about aquatic therapy, please call the Outpatient Rehabilitation Center at 985-493-4782. 985-493-4502 or www.tibido.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I'd like kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to return the kayak. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosted Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Thanks to Scott Stanley for stopping by again. Love to hear from you. 800-998-1003. Thank you to Andrew Lopez and Aaron Summers yesterday for, I I guess, a day to day. did not think that was coming. I honestly still did not believe it and buy it. You heard me. And and again, I apologize if I gave false hope or whatever. I just, again, we, we had Jeff Duncan on. We had Larry Holder on. I just... I thought that it was it was not you know possible to an extent, but you never say never. I, I guess I get it. I understand the wearing of it. Um, it. It is it is hard to I guess recharge and get ready every year for a new run because it really doesn't stop. You, you get that brief vacation a week or two, but you're at it right. Yesterday and today. Um, but the Vikings and the Bears have hired new general managers and both social media accounts put up videos of their general managers getting there this morning. The Bears general manager getting there where it's dark, it's minus 8 degrees. In other words, to insinuate 8. And he actually said, um, time to get to work, things of that nature. So I think from that standpoint, maybe the, the no calls, the getting close, the... You know, emotional, I guess, have to, you know, find a way to sort of get back at it again when y- you no longer have Drew Brees. And, and then you have to move on and, and do those different things. It's interesting because, and Shane, I see you. I want to play one quick bite and I'll come to you. And he said that it was not because you heard this a lot yesterday. And it was, you know, they're over the cap. Again, Nick Underhill, New Orleans Football last week put a two-minute video in which he went through a slew of players on the roster, and and he said you convert, you know, this bonus to a signing bonus or a roster bonus to signing bonus, and you get to eighty million. So the cap was an issue. Can you find a, a quarterback? I told you, I think he he thinks he can figure it out. Now, again, that was me. A lot of people believe that that maybe was the reason. Here's Sean Payton in his own words yesterday about whether or not the team's deficiencies were a reason. Now we'll come to you, Shane. So we had won four divisions in a row and competed our tail off. Tampa Bay this year won the division, and congratulations. And yet we battled against them. 
Atlanta and Carolina. They're working to get things going. And so I like the roster. Yeah, there's some challenges, but, man, we played good defense this year. Man, our kicking game, Riz and Phil, were outstanding. Consistently in, in the top five. And, you know, you see a lot of exciting football, but you also see a lot of bad football, and it's hard for the fan to see it. And there's a, there's a, there's a young group of offensive players, but it wasn't about that. Um, it wasn't about that. It, it was a personal decision of feeling like, you know, so it's sometimes hard to, but not with any regret. There's some excitement, like, all right, what next? I, I, and I honestly don't know what's next. You buying that? You think he really legitimately, honestly, doesn't know? Strange. Shane, thank you for calling the sports hangover, man. Welcome you to the conversation. How you feeling today? What's up? Oh, Coops, I don't know how I'm feeling today. I, I went through different emotions yesterday. I was angry at first, and then I was like, he's a man. He's got personal life. He's got kids. He's got a new wife. And so I'm kind of I'm in limbo about my feelings about mm-hmm. the situation. And I think I'll be better about it, but I'll be really angry if he sits out a year and then goes to Dallas or even if they were to fire him across and go to Dallas now because if that's what it is, you just be a man and say that's what it is. Yeah. I want to go and coach with Jerry Jones. I don't know why you would want to do that. And then I also feel like, and I heard somebody say this yesterday, or they called in and you gave – this crappy deal of Taysom Hill, and you did a, a lot of things that, and like he said, the salary cap issues are not an issue or wasn't a, a reason, but you kind of you kind of created, helped create those issues, and then you kind of leave us in the bind to have to deal with it. And I think, and that's that's me being selfish as a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you should have stuck around and, and, and saw it through, but that's me being selfish as a fan. And and but I also understand he's a human being. He got a family. He got and he has the right to do what he wants to do. Sure. But I, I still don't like the way it went down. And I like it even worse if he was to go to Dallas or go to New York or go somewhere, and and has left for that reason. So and then uh we were talking. Andrew number they they cut me off right before I was able to say it. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, how much influence does he will he have on who the next coach is? You're gone now. You don't have any influence, any faith. That's not your job anymore. If you wanted to to have influence on something, you stay and have influence. But if you're leaving, you don't have influence. You can have an opinion, but that not necessarily means anything to to us as fans or or the the staff who's picking a new coach. So. I think one of the best ways to describe it and kind of to summarize sort of your feelings on it, it sort of feels like a surprise. I, I don't know if it's a breakup. I don't, I'm just trying to think of something where it's emotional, you know, um, for one way, shape or form to it's it. It's like a divorce. It's it, like it, a, a yeah, divorce. You know, well, you say we just, we just not working. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. 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 And I've been through one of those. <laughs> so it, it, it is kind of like, well, you could have told me before all of this. Um, but no, you know, yeah, Shane, right. it is because you do go through the gauntlet of emotions, and and I think, right. and I, and I think when you say anger or something of that nature, I, I don't even think it's that you didn't feel a sense of gratification or 
gratitude towards, you know, Sean, but it, it's the immediacy of it all. He's like, what, you're doing this now? You know, the team leaves yeah, now. Right now. Um, you, you know, you've made these moves. Well, what is it not good? Because, again, you know, you're, you're looking on Twitter. You, you have it on the NFL Network. Diana Rossini is saying, well, you know, it, he, he's, he's told me in conversations that he would go back to coaching, but it has to be a certain kind of owner where they have a lot of influence, where he sort of feels. And I thought this was interesting. She said this yesterday on the NFL show at around 4 o'clock that he expressed that he maybe wonders that if – a team had perhaps a little more juice, had a bigger name, that maybe they don't get the no no call and things of that nature. So, I mean, look, a lot of it, it's pointing towards Dallas, one way, shape, or form right. at some point in time. And I didn't want to start the show with it, but at some point this week, I'll bring it up. Would it be a Saban-like situation for fans that still can't get over, you know, Nick? But there's a lot of similarities. I was talking about it this morning with a couple of coaches from the Tulane staff here about, you know, Nick Saban started that program in LSU and started that prominence. And that's why I thought it was important to have a guy like Scott Shanley on today when I saw him tweeting yesterday and telling the story of the Steelers. And he's absolutely right. I think from here on out, even if they stink again, I don't think it will ever be that stench that it was. I, I You know, I, it, I don't think it will ever be like that. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have anything sort of like that. Each coach is different. Um Right. And, and each genre or era or run is different, right? I mean, take example the Kansas City Chiefs. They've had multiple runs, multiple Super Bowls in different eras, different coaches, different star players, right? So right. it's not that you can't have that. But this particular one, he put a bow on it. And and I was with you. Like, at first, I'm like, really, now? I mean, you're – it, it kind of it's, it's kind of like you, you know what kind of move that is you know to say really right. and then and then you sit there yeah. and go well okay but, but then I, I do the checklist did you inform people and he says he's had conversations um, did you do this did you do that and he said he has so I think when you look at it all Shane I'm with you it went through the range of emotions and I think what hit me hard yesterday was seeing Megan Payton tweet his daughter and it was the photos of them. And she's like, you know, from ages 5 to 21 with Connor. And I'm like, wow, 16 right. years is a long time. I mean, like when, I mean, when, when you see a boy, you know, a kid my, you know, Carver's age. And then the last right. photo was him in the Dome this year and, and Connor's 21. That means my son would be 21, 15 years. I'm like, and yeah, I, maybe I it's just Tom. Thought, maybe I, it's just Tom, you know. I thought um, I, I said to myself, and I looked at Tomlin, and I looked mm-hmm. at Belichick, and I and I said, well, then I guess this was one of while I was angry. I, was, I said Belichick lost Tom Brady, and went through a hell of a season the year after, and watched Brady win a Super Bowl, and he didn't quit because the times got hard, because it got hot in the kitchen, and and you couldn't stand the heat. But then I, I mean, like you said, the emotions are, are are everywhere, and I just hope they don't just hand the job over to Dennis Allen. Because I just I don't think right. that's the right place to go, but you gotta trust with it. You know I'm, I'm a who that forever. Just I don't know what's going on. We just no. I hear you, Sh- Shane. Yeah. I I hear you. There's um, yeah. There, there there's a sense of wow. I mean, it just really is. I mean, it just it just is. I mean, there's a lot of people that can't can't still believe it, man. I have to hit the bottom of the hour break. Jay, All I right, see buddy. you. 
I'm going to thank you, Shane, for the phone call. I'm going to come to you before I come to our first guest uh, coming up here, our second guest, in Scott Prather. Coach G, quickly on tomorrow, tomorrow's game coming up at 1245. Just speak with him for three to four minutes. Um, keep calling, and we'll mix you in between some guests that we got coming up here over the next couple of hours. But, Jay, I'll come to you out at a break, and then we'll go into Scott Prather. How is Acadiana feeling about Sean Payton stepping down from Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Stay away from me, American woman. Mama, let me be. The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company. Member FDIC. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Scott Prather, ESPN 1420, ESPN in Lafayette. We'll come to you in a quick sec. He's in the on-deck circle warming up. Don't pull anything, Scott. But first, Jay, thank you for calling. I want to go to callers here as well, even though we have some guests. We'll mix you guys in. So, Jay, give me your best minute or two. We'll get to our next guest. What you got for us, bud? Hey, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Hey, look, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm 51. I've been a Saints fan since 1976, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't get it. And I, I, I tell you that because, yeah, you know, I've, I've been through the, the losing seasons. You know, in, in, in the great seasons of, you know, eight and eight. Um, you know, Sean Payton was here for 16 years. Yeah, he, he did win four division titles. Um, you know, he went to the Super Bowl once, and there was a lot of luck involved in that. But they they should have gone to the Super Bowl around four times. And his play calling always, you know, it wasn't the best. And and he didn't perform well in the playoffs. Um, I think that his, his reputation um, was built on that 
you know, you know what happened after Katrina, mm-hmm. um, especially locally. And um, he just he hasn't been a great coach. I'm I'm looking forward to someone new coming in, and I I don't understand the, the uh, these people who who consider this man you know a savior of the city. He's a football coach, you know. I I, I don't get it. Am I, am I missing something? I, I would say you're 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 in a minority um, in terms of. Yeah, he, I know that. I mean, I would say, Jay, it, <laughs> it, it, it's it's inarguable that prior to him, no coach in franchise history has won as much. Um, I believe seven titles, right. not four. Besides Mora? No, I, I know, right. but from division titles to playoff trips to, you know, a pair of NFC Championship games to winning the Super Bowl, which is the pinnacle in the sport of what it is and in the city that it's, you know, whether it's good or not, it is, you right. know, re- reflective of its football team. And he did put a face on it, and it was a more of a positive face. And it was a a, a thing that I, I don't know how you can look at from a negative standpoint. I, I do think he is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think it was good enough to where Jay yesterday, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Twitter account, posted, we'll, you know, uh-huh. the countdown has started to 2027 if he stays out of coaching. So, I would say you're in a minority. Um, did every move work? Did every play call work? Did every, you know, um, acquisition work or no? And even he said yesterday, there are a lot of regrets from how he treated certain people right. to how he acted with certain players and, and things of that nature. So I do think there's good I, and there's bad. But, Jay, I, I don't think there's a question that he absolutely was I, the greatest coach that, that, that the franchise has ever had. And, well, you know. You could still oh, no, say, "Hey, oh, no. yeah, I'd like mean, to see it, moving no, forward." That's not saying, no, that's not mm-hmm. saying much. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but you, you only you only have a minute. But yeah. what, what I'm saying, and I'm not being negative. Yeah, I'm just saying it's time for him to go. You know, well, well, that well to your point, Jay. Is, yeah, no, to your point, Jay. He said he's been feeling that the last two, two, three years, and that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the, of the of the show is that maybe it's just time. He says it's just time, and and it is just time, and, yeah. and I do think it is time. Um. To, to a certain extent, and it can understand it. So um, I hear you. Other people have heard you, too. Well, we can comment on that here as well. Thank uh, you for calling in. You know, I appreciate right, it. Thanks. Thank Thanks. you, man, for sure. Scott Prather, uh, ESPN Lafayette over there. It's Scott Mimics, the way to follow over on Twitter. Scott, how are people over there on your show this morning when obviously they've had some time to digest, but I, I think it's, it's kind of a gauntlet of emotions right now. Yeah, um, not like your last caller. I mean, the guy was 161 and 97 as the head coach. And, you know, no team is, well, excuse me, one team has won more games in the last five years in the States. Uh, that's the Chiefs. That's it. So, you know, it was it time? It was time for him. But I understand Saints fans that are sad to see him go. Uh, he was far from perfect, but, you know, he was the second longest tenured coach prior to yesterday for a reason. I mean, he won a lot. Should they have won more? Super Bowls? Yeah, they should have won more than one. And I think 2018, we all know what unfolded there, unfortunately. But, mm-hmm. yeah, not not so much like uh, like your last caller there. The the uh, the reaction has, has been different, for sure. You know, it is interesting because, again, as time goes on, we can look at it. And I've brought this up on your show, and I've brought it up on mine in the past, too, that at the end of the day, we'll look back at it. And how much of it was maybe missed opportunities and stuff, having – 
five, 5,000-yard seasons with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and it took him forever to find the right defensive coordinator. It took him forever to find kickers. But look, that that's at sports, right? I mean, you can draft drafts where they're terrible and not a single player's on it. You can draft drafts like he went into yesterday in 06 and more recently a couple of years ago. You get Alvin Kamara you know, and Marshawn Lattimore and even this past year's draft. So it's just what it is, the nature of the business. How how do you kind of summarize his tenure? Um, I, I would say it was the best of any coach in franchise history, one that fell short, should have had more Super Bowls when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. But the culture, right, the culture changed because there's no doubt prior to Sean Payton, the Saints were looked at as one of the worst franchises in the league. And kids that are 21, 22 years old, they look at the Saints differently. That's that's the short version of it, Gus. But but where where are you at? How would you how would you look back at his tenure as the Saints coach? Yeah, I, I would look at it from that perspective, and I think I, I start there. I start from, you know, to, to put it bluntly and mildly, um, he he made the Saints not a joke, right? I mean, he, even the years. Scott, where they went seven and nine, came up short, <coughs> didn't win, uh, maybe a, as many championships as you would have liked, and at the same time, though, I don't think you ever looked at it as they didn't have a, a chance. Uh, t- to your point, you know, I was speaking with some some staff members this morning over here because I'm in Orlando with Tulane, and they weren't born. And a lot of times, you know, when, when the Saints had their first playoff game to his first arrival and things of that nature. And it, it's crazy to think of it that, to your point, some people don't know any different. You know, they, they, the Saints have always been a team that's either a playoff team or pushing for a playoff team. Not a team that wins, you know, can, can it win six? Can it win four? We all remember that. So I think to put it short, if I had to you know, come up with one thing above them all is the Saints weren't a joke during this time. Like, you you somehow had belief. We we talked about this last week, Scott, on your show and mine. Saints fans still think this team could make the playoffs next year. They don't know who the quarterback is. They don't know what they're doing with the offensive line. And yet fans last week alone, you know, were were feeling, oh, this team can make it to the playoffs. They'll find a way. Sean will find a way. I think that's the best way to summarize it. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, and, and I'm glad you brought up that last point, Gus, about thinking they could make the playoffs. I think this last season weighs a lot on the, the, the minds of the fans in terms of what they're losing to Sean Payton. Because, mm-hmm. look, I'll be honest, after the 2016 season, I felt like, look, this, this, the golden age of the Saints is done. I was wrong. They had, you know, they had four straight NFC South titles in them after that in, in a 2018 season where they certainly should have gone. Um, to the Super Bowl, but but I, I look at this last season, Gus, and I say, based on what they did, you know, they weren't eliminated to the play, from the playoffs until the you know the second to last game of the entire season, and it was you know that Niners Rams game. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of question with, with with Drew Brees when he retires, even though it was expected at some point. What is this team going to look like? The fact that Sean Payton led him to a nine and eight record with four different starting quarterbacks three of which started four more games. Um, most starters for a team in NFL history, and they didn't do it in 17 games. They did that in 15 games, right? All of the obstacles of this past season, the job that he did, I actually think that weighs heavy on the Saints fans sort of 
worried about what comes next and how much they're right. going to miss him. Because if he re- if he steps away last year at the same time as Breeze, the two are forever linked no matter what. And I get they're still forever linked. That's not what I'm saying. But I think seeing him for a whole season without Breeze and with all of the obstacles, do right. the job he did, I think it led a lot of fans, like you said, to say, man, like this still in the mix, right? We can still Imagine if he just gets one quarterback that's, you know, whether it be Jameis comes back healthier, what if they trade for Russell Wilson? What's gonna, imagine what Sean Payton can do. And this thought that you were going to have that for a lot more time moving forward. Right. Um, this last season, I think it weighs a lot on the reaction from fans. Yeah, there's nostalgia of 06, and there's there's the there's what, what the, the team meant and what he did and, and how he kind of turned the franchise around. But I just think in terms of what comes next, a lot of that angst is based on the job that he did last season. That's how I see it. Anyway, where are you at? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you too, man. Seven titles, two wild cards. So, you know, do the math. That's nine playoff appearances in, since 2006. That's what I was saying. I mean, I that's why I went with team was you know one of the best in, in the NFL. You mentioned the win to loss total. Um, I, I think the angst comes from that now, and then looking at it. But we had Scott Shanley on to lead the show, and he's like, "Look, jump on the bandwagon with me." Or he's urging fans to uh, to promote Dennis Allen. It makes probably a lot of sense, especially with the suddenness, and it feels sudden, right? That now all of a sudden, who is your captain? It's one thing to lose your first officer and you know your your star, like a guy like Drew Brees and things of that nature. But now, who is running all of that? And he said, you know, in short, to kind of paraphrase it. Scotty was saying, "Look, get a guy that the relationship, the and, and the job that he did at Tampa um, to, you know, go shut out Tampa. And this team is more of a defensive sort of base thing. He can kind of keep most of the staff there together. Maybe you elevate Carmichael, the offensive coordinator. You can still keep most of the staff. And basically, it's not that much change yet with somewhat of the players that you have. What do you think about Dennis Allen being this team's next head coach? To me, it makes a lot of sense." Yeah, it's probably the most likely thing. I think they're going to want to promote from within because they didn't fire a guy, right? A guy left. When you fire a guy, you don't promote. Well, you, you sometimes you rarely promote from within, right? You want to start a new. You want to start a new. Go hire Eric Bieniemy, right? right? And and but if you do that, he's going to want to put together his staff as he should. You want to promote from within. Dennis Allen's the obvious answer, and it's more than just you know obviously. And I know that's not what you meant. It's more than just the game at Tampa that. That was awesome, but it's the fact that he's had two stints there, knows the team well, has some head coaching experience, probably wiser for it as a result. And, you know, Carmichael, he hadn't been the play caller for the last 16 years, but he was for a season, and he was sure. a stretch in 2011. And he just had his moments, so he knows how to do it. He has experience doing it. Um, but what do you lose with the head coach being gone in terms of whether it be motivating the players, roster construction, all of that stuff? So you promote from within – but boy, you lose a big piece, and it's kind of like, you know, can can the understudies step into the lead role and and flourish the way the the guy in the leading role has? Mm-hmm. I think we're probably going to find out because I do think it's likely going to be Dennis Allen, next head coach of the New Orleans Saints. I know they I think requested an interview with Aaron Glenn, and I know he's currently been on the Detroit staff. But guess what? Had a history, a lot of history on the Saints staff, which again tells you. The idea of trying to keep yep. it together, trying to keep the culture together, and you know, all signs are pointed to Dennis Allen right now, no doubt. Yeah, and to your point, as we let you go, Scott, it's the relationship, right, that the coach had with the front office and the staff, and I think it's very important to those people in that building that are on the second floor, to Mrs. Benson, to Lausha, to Mickey, to everybody there. Is it some? I think they would rather work with somebody 
that they have a relationship or familiarity with to kind of, um, you know, continue what, you know, what Sean started. But did not think we'd have this conversation on Wednesday, sir. When I talked Me neither, to man. Me neither. Me neither. But to your point, man, when you don't fire someone and they leave and they've had success, a lot of, you know, like at UL, right? You promote from within. That's, yeah. that's not unusual. So. At Scott Mimics, the way to follow you over on Twitter, sir. Enjoy your shows in the morning. I'll be talking to you later in the week. Thank you, bud. Can't wait, Gus. Thank you. Appreciate it. Quick break. We come back. Coach G, quick five on tomorrow night's Team USA matchup. World Cup qualifying. We'll open up the phone lines here as well. Next guest is coming up at 115, Ralph Marlboro, 130, Sean Fox. Your call's being mixed within. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm with these great rates? The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today. 985-632-0988. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joeseptic at viscom.net. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Still plenty to get into, including last night. Pelicans taking on the 76ers. They fall 117-107. Basically had a third of their team actually play and still made it an effort in the game. Kind of tells you how... Uh, I, how much I think they're improving. And, oh, Instagram story on Zion's Instagram account. Why are a lot of people chirping? It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We'll get to that in a quick second. Again, couple guests. No, none in the third hour, by the way. I'm just opening it up to get everybody's reactions and thoughts here as well. Sean Fox and Ralph Marlboro next hour. Pat G. Conteri, Coach G, will sneak you in here. It's a busy week, obviously, with Sean Payton deciding to step aside as head coach of the Saints. 
Got a big game tomorrow, though, for Team USA, so help us preview it. First off, good afternoon. How are you? In winters, it would be a little bit warmer than this, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little cold down here, but everything's going well. How are you guys doing today? Stop it. It's not. It, it, trust me, it's like a week or two and it'll get back to the 100 degree heat, man. Um, oh, please. <laughs> so, oh, talking about the cold, though, I'm looking at the games and looking where they're at. It's yeah. unbelievable. Most of these games, the highest um, temperature that's projected right now is 28 degrees, and that's tomorrow in Columbus. Um, El Salvador tomorrow, then on the 2nd of February, we have Honduras. Uh, El Salvador and Honduras both sit in 7th and 8th right now, so we're looking pretty good. We should, we should, knock on wood, uh, get three points from each uh, game, but El Salvador, they play us very difficult. Um, they kind of, it's called park the bus, but have everyone behind the ball and see if you guys can get through the defense kind of mentality. Um, but with that being said, it is going to be 28 degrees out, and that really does play a part in the United States' hand. And this was definitely a strategic uh, venue of having it in Columbus, as well as, I think it's St. Paul against Honduras. So, yeah, anytime we have a, a home field advantage like that, we are going to take to um, take it to the other team. So, right. um, when, we have it, when we have El Salvador, we beat them 1-0 the last time we played them. I expect it to be a little bit like 3-0, just because they're not used to it. We're out there right now. I've been watching a lot of the, uh, the training and stuff like that. They look I'm sorry, the United States team looks very comfortable. They have smiles on their faces. Yeah, their hands are in their, in their sleeves or in their pockets. Um, but when they're playing, it looks like they're comfortable. And that's all you can ask for for right now being January in this time of year. So uh, if we pull out uh, three points uh, tomorrow, we're looking good. Canada does not have uh, Alphonse Davies right now. So uh, they're stud of a, of a player. He's recovering from COVID as well. He's got a little uh, inflammation of the heart. So that looks that makes us look a little better against Canada right now. So. Um, I expect us to get, like I said, I think week, last week or two weeks ago, uh, as long as we get our good seven points to nine points, we're sitting really pretty just to qualify for a uh, World Cup. So top three qualified, us, Canada, and Mexico, top three. Panama is number four right now. They are actually tied with points with Mexico, but Mexico has a goal differential. Um, so one through four, it's kind of tight. So as long as we're staying, one, two, three, we'll be fine. But right now, these three games that we're looking at um, this week, we should be sitting pretty decent to get those nine points, hopefully nine points. How much uh, is it one of those situations, too, where, look, let's be honest, I look at the standings, I look at the table, Canada up there at eight and four. That's Sunday's mm-hmm. game at 305. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Salvador, you beat them already. Honduras, the team I should take care of. And, and so much focus should be right on that Canadian squad in that mm-hmm. game on Sunday. Can you overlook perhaps that game tomorrow, knowing that Sunday you're playing the team that's tied with you on top of the table and actually <laughs> ahead of you in terms of points? Right. And, and we all know as, as sports, you know, fanatics and coaches and players, we always look to the next game, but we all know we should not look to the next game. So <laughs> it really is game-by-game game basis right now. Um, I hate for them to look forward um, to play Canada on Sunday, but you know it's on their mind. You know that they're thinking about, hey, this is our sport going against Canada. Canada's number one right now, but hopefully it will change the next couple of days. Um, but that's our mindset of, yeah, we're going to go in there. We're going to do well. We're going to handle our business in three points, and um, it should be um, – we should have the advantage just because of Davies out. However, Canada does have a good striking force, and really their team is more offensive late, where our defense is kind of shoddy right now with Brooks being out um, with an injury, and I think Brooks is a really good center back for us. Um, mm-hmm. So with that in mind, 
I think our mids control the, the game more so than Canada, and I think our forwards match up with their defense a lot better. So um, with that in mind, with everything being um, on the table and players not being there and players who are going to be there, um, our squad on paper looks healthy. It looks awesome. It looks like our top players are coming back right now to play, except for uh, Brooks and uh, Josh Sargent. Okay. But besides those two players, we look like we have a pretty decent squad. Um, Brendan Arison, he's um, he's left off, left off the bench right now. Zardes is left off the bench. So we have some good players are finally, I hate to say it, but their names are on the bench. And that's one thing that we kind of lacked for the years of having name players on the bench. So when we need for them to um, come off the bench, we actually have some good players where previous we'd never had that. So um, Dest right now for defense, he's playing very well overseas. Robinson playing very well. McKinney, Musa. Bolasic, Pepe, Wea, like we're, they're all doing very well overseas. So um, we're looking better and better. Um, I'm, every time I see, like I said, practice, it looks like they're gelling more so right now. So mm-hmm. everything right now looks pretty darn good for the United States um, this couple of um, games. So I'm looking for nine points right now. All right. So on next Wednesday, sir, you're, you're, you're thinking wins over Canada, wins over Salvador? Uh, with, without a doubt, I mean, even Honduras. I'm, I'm oh. thinking I'm, if we can get all nine points, it'll be fantastic. But even if we get seven points, okay. being Honduras, three points, beating El Salvador, three points, and even tying Canada for whatever fluke reason, sure. we still are sitting pretty darn good. We're going to start spacing ourselves um, above uh, fourth place, third place, and Mexico. They're always going to be kind of a thorn in our side, but we're going to you know, surpass. I'm sorry, not surpass. Uh, Panama, Costa Rica, number four, number five. We're going to get the lead away from them. So we're going to really secure our our top spots, one, two, three, for the World Cup, I believe, this weekend or this round of games. So Canada will give us a little issue, but I think with everything being said, I think we'll be good. That's what I was going to say. You, you probably want to take care of your business here and not have to wait till March when it's yep. Mexico, Panama, yep. and Costa Rica. All right, yep, Coach Do Gene. it right now. Appreciate yes, it. Next Wednesday, hopefully we'll be talking about two wins and going into yes, that game sir. against Honduras. So in one week's time, sir, we, we, I felt like we spent almost pretty much a month waiting. And yes. now, now we That's have three huge World Cup qualifying games to talk about in one week's time. Thank you, bud. You know, if I had my class right now, we'll be chanting. I think, I think we can win. So it's one of those things that it's, it's super exciting right now for USA soccer. So uh, right. let's go USA and I'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. Coach G, Pat right, G, Conterry over there at Warren Easton. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so that wraps up essentially our number one. Don't forget, I have gotten some info, and you've been seeing perhaps on Twitter, and I don't know if the guys touched on it, could be this week, could be like Friday. Mobile gaming or mobile betting could be up and running, which means you got today, it's Wednesday, and then Thursday. I would just make sure, I don't know if you can do it Friday or not, because the thing is, if you go and get the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can get $100 in free bets. All you have to do is put in your name, put in the code LaRose, and off and you go. No deposit required. You can do that and get $100 in free bets, so you'll be ready for this weekend's conference championship games and then everything else that you can uh, mobile, you know, bet on. So... Just waiting for it to go live, but you got to do it before it goes live. And the, the word that a lot of people are hearing is Friday, as in two days from now. So go to the Google um, Play Store if you have an Android. Go to the App Store if you have an iPhone. Go download it, and off you go. Put in the code LaRose. Don't forget about that. The DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right, so our one is in. Thanks to Scott Shanley. Thanks to head coach um, Pat G. Terry there, and also... To Scott Prather. Coming up in hour two, Sean Fox is going to join us 
at 1.30. Ralph Marble, 1.15, his latest column on WBLTV.com. Your phone calls scattered throughout Hour 3. No guests. I want to get your opinions. Still got a lot of Sean Payton to play from the opening to his close yesterday. So we'll do that when we come back. It's the Sports Hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Come on, 